Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Y'all, I have got a treat for you today. I interview a family member. Eventually, we're going to have my dad on the show, but that's a whole separate thing. I interview my cousin, Aliana, who is a nurse and has been a nurse this whole pandemic in Florida. And so we talk pandemic anxiety and working in healthcare during this time and how to practice self-care and Florida man and in general, kind of what it's like. Um... And I am so excited. She has such a good energy. She's so grounded. And you're going to finish this episode and be like, oh my God, how how do I become her friend? Like, she's so awesome. Um, so I'm very excited for you guys. And tell me how you like it, of course. Actually, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. I love seeing people who are listening because sometimes I don't know. So it's always reaffirming selfishly for me to be like, okay, people actually listen to the show. And if you need support, if you need anything, I have actually got a wonderful thing for you where you can have three steps to building healthy, sustainable habits. Now these can be physical changes. They can be mental changes. They can be whatever. Um, If you head to my website, livemyhappyhealth.com, you are going to see it and it will help you change your life. So you are welcome. Let's get to this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. This one records really fast. So welcome podcast fam. I have got my favorite cousin on today. Oh, I'm going to call it favorite cousin hands down. (laughs) Sorry guys. Like, love you too, but Ollie is the best. And she is a nurse in Florida who is just totally killing it. You're in your master's program right now for nursing. Yeah. She's doing that. So she's a full-time nurse. She's, you guys are just going to be like, oh my God, I want to be Aliana's friend. And like, you should, because she's awesome. I agree. So she agrees. So <laughs> we are going to talk about healthcare workers, self-care in the time of COVID, what it looks like, because you are kind of in a unique position where Florida is pretty open. Like yes, they yes. don't have the same restrictions that other states have. So it'll be interesting to like see what's going on in an open state versus a state with regulations like North Carolina. Um, okay. So welcome, Ollie. You. Tell us about you, please. I'm so excited. First of all, so happy you asked me. Um, I miss you. <laughs> um, so I'm a nurse. I work at um, Lakeland Regional Health. We... Um, It literally hasn't been crazy until recently. Like when everybody was like, oh, there's a new strain and, you know, let's go around Florida. Like nothing's happening. Like people always joke, you know, like all these celebrities are acting like there's no pandemic, but like, honestly, I kind of feel like Florida's doing that. (laughs) We're a celebrity in ourselves. Um, Florida man is around. Yes. Yes. To be fair, Florida man is a celebrity. Yeah. Alive and well. Um, so. So that's really interesting because. I have um, county clients who are EMT and one dispatch, and they are picking up four, five, six COVID deaths a day, mm. like just in our little county. And we're not, 
the biggest county in the state. We're one of the probably more sparse counties in the state. So they're having, you know, four or five, six COVID deaths literally per day here. Like our hospitals are really overwhelmed. You look at states in California who are doing mobile morgues and they're not allowing cremations because everything is so over, over flowed, overflowed. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting because in a state that has restrictions like North Carolina does and Florida is not in Lakeland for people that don't know is a huge area. Yeah. Multiple Our hospital bigger. serves all of Polk County, um, which is I huge. I don't even know how many people are in Polk County, but it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, Lakeland alone, I think has a hundred thousand, if not a little bit more by now. Probably. And I mean, so we're doing Winter Haven, Auburndale, Mulberry, Bartow, Polk City, yeah. you know, the surrounding area. If you can't get into Tampa General, you'll come to Lakeland. Yeah. Yeah. RER is the busiest in all the nation just because yeah. we do service so many areas. And you're not seeing that many like overburdened <laughs> hospital systems. Yeah. I mean, not yet. I know our hospital's full. They just announced it. I want to say like two weeks ago, we're finally getting pretty full. Like they're actually asking anyone, no matter what your position is to go fill in to other positions like mm-hmm. housekeeping or, you know, um, food transporting, wow. you know, things you can do safely. Like they wouldn't ask me to go to like the ICU. Yeah. Because that's dangerous. <laughs> so, but they're yeah. asking you to do things that are within your scope because we're just so busy. You know, and our staff is getting sick too. So you kind of have to cover that. And, you know, nurses are always notoriously short. So this isn't helping. Yeah. So that's really insane. What about, so I've seen a lot of rhetoric and I want to touch on it before we get into reality. Um, a lot of rhetoric about like hospitals faking COVID. So you'll hear a lot of conspiracy theories. Have you not heard of that? I haven't, but oh my God. <laughs> okay, it is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So there's a huge conspiracy theory that says hospitals are faking death certificates and just saying everyone is dying from COVID-19 to inflate numbers because you get paid exponentially more when it's a COVID death. So can that you, is you, you get paid more when it's a COVID death? Yes, the hospital does. Not like us, not the staff, right, but the right. hospital itself. Why? I couldn't tell you. I think it's a Medicare thing. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Have you seen fake records, fake medical records? I don't, you know, honestly, if I had seen one, I wouldn't know if it was fake. Um, a lot of practitioners dictate through, it's called Dragon, and you just talk into it and it dictates mm. for you. And then someone on the other end goes and translates it if you can't. Um, like if the Dragon um, system can't understand it. Yeah. So it's, there are a lot of mistakes already in people's Mm -hmm. records sometimes just because of like that, you know, human error. But how hard would it be to fake a whole COVID patient if they do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying that I have, I don't know how you would do it because there's so many people involved in one record. Mm -hmm. How would you get all of those people to be on board for, you know, one thing like that? Yeah. So hospitals do get paid more. For COVID, but in order to fake all of those records, it would be like multiple, multiple people would have to be in on it because you also have not just one nurse the whole time. You have the different shifts and the, I mean, there's lots of people involved. Yeah. I mean, it's an, there's so many people you go through in the hospital that, gosh, I just couldn't, 
you would really, that's an elaborate plan. You would literally have to have so many moving pieces. Yeah. I couldn't, I mean, cause all it takes honestly is like one person to catch an error in something mm-hmm. and then you tell somebody else and then that would also snowball like, right. You'd be like, Hey, this client doesn't actually have COVID. And then they're like, well, why does it say that all over the chart? Right. And yeah. then you do a lot more like research into it. I mean, I feel like this just happened recently, not with COVID itself, but we had a patient who there was an error on the chart and mm-hmm. it was a serious medical condition, you know? And so we had to do more research into it, come to find out that it was an error. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like if somebody was manipulating a whole record for COVID, somebody and like somewhere along the way. Yeah, so it's fascinating that you haven't heard of that because it's it's been existing. Yeah, um, I believe for as it. long as like people I know are like, well, they're just they're just saying everyone has COVID. And it's like that's literally illegal. Like, <laughs> it's literally illegal to do. You can't fake medical records. Like that's it's fraud. Yeah, you can't even I, have the wrong time on something like that's fraud. So you can't just make up a whole. Yeah, I I don't know. People are starting to drive me crazy with like the whole oh it's fake. It's just in the media, and I'm like. Do you have a lot of people who come in demanding to be treated who think it's fake? Um, I wouldn't necessarily. I see people wanting to be treated like for COVID and they're like, well, it's not real. You know, I don't have it. They, everybody thinks that they're a practitioner when they're in the hospital. They're like, I know what I need, you know? Yeah. I would say that comes around a lot. Like I demand this right now for this, mm-hmm. even though you might not have it. Right. You might not have it and that might not be why. Yeah. That might not even be why you need to be here, but you know, everybody thinks they know what's right sometimes and they don't. Fair. Yeah. So what's it like being in, cause a lot of people are getting tested at hospitals that, that can often be like a first, the first stop that they make versus their general practitioner and urgent care. What is it like working in a hospital during a pandemic? Um, weird. It's, God, it feels like a movie sometimes. It honestly does. Like, so when everything first started, you know, and we had that huge shutdown, um, and I work in GI, so I'm part elective and part, um, like emergency necessities. Like surgeries. Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so during that shutdown, we were all working part time and it was like, you know, this is really nice. I get to hang out at home. I love it. But then you have to go back, you know, post shutdown. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just so weird because you had to wear a mask. You have to get your temperature checked. Like if somebody coughs, you're like, you know, what was that? Get out of here. Right. It's so, it's so eerie. And I know like for me, like, I already have anxiety, like that's way before pandemic, but being in it and then working in healthcare was just so like stressful internally mm-hmm. because especially in the beginning, nobody really knew anything. Right. But as a nurse, like I can't say I'm not going to go to work, you know, like. Right. Yeah. I you have don't to have an option. Right. So, you know, and you do what you got to do, but it was, it's so, I don't really feel as much anxiety anymore as I used to, but I definitely was like very anxious anytime I had to go to work or like if people wanted to hang out like after work, I'd be like, well, I was just in the hospital where we didn't really have as many measures as we do now. Mm-hmm. Not to say that anybody's got the answer for anything, but it but was- over time as you like, you know, understanding it like reaches yeah. more people, your measures are going to change. Like that's just. Yeah. I mean, so 
I do COVID testing. Like I am the person that tests a lot of people for the first time. And I know their anxieties with that, you know, and it, it is a fairly quick test. It's not, I mean, it's terrible, but it's not awful, <laughs> you know? And um, so, you know, I try to talk to people about that whenever we're doing the testing. And then by the time they get to me in my department, they have to have a confirmed negative. Um, so we're pretty much, we all still, you know, social distance, wear our masks, mm-hmm. wash our hands, do all the good stuff. Um, so they have a confirmed negative when they get to us, we're good. They leave, you know, they go about their business. Now, every once in a while, we do get like the emergent case that is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that situation, we actually have to go to a completely different part of the hospital. We have to gown up and it, I kid you not, it looks like a Ghostbuster suit mixed yeah. with like the alien versus predator helmet. Like that's what you Crazy. can picture that you have to wear. Yeah. And for us, it sucks. You can't breathe. You can't hear anybody because you've got this air blowing like mm-hmm. literally right past your ears. Because it recycles air, right? That's right. Yeah. It goes through yeah. a filter, it recycles it. Um, but you also have to wear your respirator so nobody can hear you. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. And then you feel so bad for this patient. Cause like, we literally look like something out of this world. Right. This poor positive patient. Who's like, like we had a patient one day that was like, am I dying? Why? <laughs> like, that? like, you know, and like, because you're suited up in like a freaking hazmat suit and they're like, oh my God. Right. You're like, this is the end of times. This is it for me. Right. It's so scary. So I think overall in general, working in a pandemic is nothing but like anxiety inducing. Like how have you dealt with it? Um because like humans can get used to anything right? Like humans are extremely adaptable, but how do you, how do you do it? (laughs) How do you show up to work and not just have a meltdown every day? Like, how do you do it? Um, I wait till I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, for me personally, I'm very much the person like I do things that make me uncomfortable on purpose just because I want to grow. Um, And I know that like through continuing to do that, I will grow and eventually be comfortable with it, you know? And so now I go to work and I'm good and I have no issues. And it's your new normal. Yeah. This, yeah. A new normal. It is what it is. I, um, I don't know, man, it's just, you have to do it. And I'm pretty sure almost every nurse will tell you the same thing. You have to do it. Yeah. There's a very specific subset of people that can do that though. So like, maybe more specifically, like what have you done, like specific actions you've done that help? Like for me, I can't, I'm aware of the conspiracy stuff, but I can't. Oh my God. If I'm like, I have to purposely avoid doom scrolling on like Instagram where you just go down a thread and like, you're pissed off at every post. Like sometimes I'll do that. And I'm like, Amanda, get the fuck off Instagram. (laughs) It's not going to solve anything. You know, you're just driving. I'm just pissed. Like, yeah, I'm just angry. So I have to yeah. purposely avoid conspiracy theories, the doom scrolling. Um, oh, yeah. So like, what do you do? Like, do you take more downtime? Do you, um, yeah. what do you, what have you done that's helped? Yeah. Me recently, because it is getting so out of hand, I have s- taken a step back from social media. 
I just kind of like, I limit myself to, you know, in the morning, yes. and then maybe at night a little bit, but then yeah. not even before I'm going to bed. Um, cause it's crazy. You know, you, you, you do, you start scrolling and you see all this craziness and I'm like, so I don't do that. Um, I avoid do- doom scrolling. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. That's what you should call this. Avoid doom scrolling. Avoid doom scrolling. Be yeah. Like, What's yeah. Listen to find out. Um, <laughs> exactly. Now we're talking. <laughs> yes. I, um, I read a lot. I probably talk my husband's ear off a lot. <laughs> Poor guy. God bless him. He chose. He chose it. It's fine. He's lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, I like taking my dog for a walk and just having like me time. I'm very big on me time. I think it's mm-hmm. super important to just be alone and like be with myself and, if I'm really, really feeling anxious, um, I'll like take a walk or just like think about why I'm, why I'm anxious. You know, I f- I'm finding I'm sleeping a lot better doing these things. <laughs> it. Yeah, it makes a difference. So I, it's interesting that you brought that up. And then I have a question. Um, most people who struggle to fall asleep because their brain, I don't know if this was you, but like your brain, once your head is the pillow is like, let me think about all these millions of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're doom so, scrolling in your head. You're, <laughs> you're doom scrolling in your head. Exactly. I find that that happens primarily to people who make no time during the day for silence. Does that make sense? They don't oh, yeah. sit with themselves throughout the day. So because your brain like filters all of these things on like a back file, right? And then when it's quiet, when there's not a lot of stimulation or focus, then it brings it up and it works through these things. But for a lot of people, the only time they have quiet or stillness in their day is right before they go to sleep. So then the brain is like, time to filter. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, no. So people need more stillness. Walk your dog, right? We love Abby. She's so sweet. Yeah, she's being crazy out here. We love her. So we hang out with the dog. We, you know, process it by talking with friends or a spouse or a partner. We just think about like, man, I'm so stressed right now. Um, what? Talk to the dog. Talk and to she's the dog. Not argue. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> was that, um, Ooh, it was a really good question. Mm. Rick. Was that a journey for you? Like, have you always taken me time or is that something you've had to develop as like over time? I'm sure it wasn't always a thing, um, but definitely for as long as I can remember. Probably. Yeah. I mean, me time has definitely evolved. It's never the same thing. Like I'm very much like, I try to be like, what do I feel like I need right now? What does my, what is my body telling me it needs? You know, like, do I need ice cream or do I just need some vegetables? <laughs> I just, yeah, it's definitely evolved. Like when I, when I, I just remember when I first lived alone, I hated living alone, but I definitely grew so much. That was where I was going. How do you learn to be alone and be content? Man, I don't, I, I feel like I helped my best friend through this because she hated being alone. She like was always with some dude that was bad for her or she was on the phone for hours or just like, she couldn't do it. And for yeah. me, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? Like I don't get it. Yeah. So I remember with her, I'd be like, why don't you try to just like sit in your room and like organize something for like set a timer for like 20, 30 minutes. Beautiful. Just try that. Yeah. Start small. You don't have to be like, I'm going to spend this whole day alone. 
you can't do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably too much. Yeah. So I just remember doing that. And then I remember as our like friendship evolved, like at one point I'd be like, Oh, are you going to come over? She'd be like, no, actually, I think I'm just going to like go home. And I was like, okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like for me, I've just kind of always been that way, Mm -hmm. but I know for other people, it is a journey, but like start small Mm -hmm. and just, even if you can't be alone, maybe listen to a podcast, listen to music, like read. Yeah. Do Do something that gets your attention while you are physically alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause I can't sit in silence for very long. I'm more of like a background music kind of person, you know? So, but that's what works for me. That is silence to me. Like silence, dead silence to me is so loud. It is deafening. I I can't stand it. Yeah. But when I have like at least music on or like the TV on in the background, like, and I'll be doing something else. I'm like, you know, it feels so good. Like thinking I'm alone um, today and I'm like, (laughs) I'm so happy. Yeah. I worked on that with um, my boyfriend because I love anyone who knows me knows like I love I'm so happy to spend time alone I'm just like I'm actually a hermit it's fine (laughs) and he I'd be like please go he'd be like do you mind if I hang out with my friends and I'm like no that's my dream like please leave please leave me alone (laughs) and he was like uh all right so we'll just go off with his little work husband and I'm just like yes I get to sit with my dog great having an animal does help too I think dude yeah because they're like my cat does it and I don't know if you might have, but Abby probably does it too. I call it bro time where they're just like existing in the same space, but they're not like in your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely notorious for that. She has her spot on the sofa. <laughs> and first of all, if anybody sits in her spot, she gets mad. So. Well, because it's her spot. Yeah. Right. She Yes. Her dedicated okay. spot. And then like also on the other end of the sofa. And it's like, bro time. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for not being on me, but next to me. I love it. So we, so being a nurse in a pandemic is weird. We worked on um, self-care. What have you seen other like nurse friends do? How are, how are they dealing with it? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, my other nurse friends, um, a lot of us drink, not that I'm condoning it, but but we all love to drink. (laughs) Um, do you think that's like an epidemic in the healthcare field? The drinking? Yeah. It can be. I mean, we see a lot of shit. Yeah. A lot of shit. I actually think um, something I'm going to talk to someone about eventually is I think it's an epidemic with moms. Oh. Like moms who are kind of low-key alcoholics. Like, you know, all the marketing that's like mommy wine time or mommy's adult juice. It's like a wine bottle. Like, I think it's effed up. But I, I know a lot of healthcare workers, and there's one I'm thinking of in particular who like has one of the worst drinking problems I've ever seen in my life. It's bad. So I'm wondering if you like notice a trend with nurses where it's like. Yeah. I mean, I'll say more of us drink than don't drink. Like, absolutely. But I think like not. So again, for me, like I'm not married to medicine, like saying that Andrew, my husband works in finance. Mm -hmm. So truly, we don't even talk about like my day, which to me is fine because I know how to like handle it. Yeah. Um, but I know for other people, that's probably really hard. Like, t- like 
to say that you had somebody that just died from COVID and you were literally the last person that they saw because Mm -hmm. their family couldn't come in. Like, and then you go home to your husband who's, or wife, you know, husband or wife is a teacher. Right. They can listen to you and they can sympathize, but that empathy isn't there. And sometimes you need that. And sometimes the best way to do that is to just kind of like have that glass of wine and just relax and kind of talk Mm -hmm. to yourself. Like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard when you're in a profession therapies like that too, where the heaviness, like people don't, don't get it. No one in my life who's not a therapist or a healthcare worker and even healthcare has different levels. Yeah. Get it. Like, I can't tell them like things that I hear or deal with. Cause they're yeah. just going to be like, Oh wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, this is what most people carry all the time. They just don't tell you about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like wild with the gravity of what we carry. Yeah. But like normal people will never, never understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I literally like, I remember being in school and I tried to tell, um, I was doing my, um, labor and delivery rotation. And like, mm-hmm. for me, I was so excited. I saw a live birth, like yeah. a healthy baby. Like I was in the room, like with this woman who was doing emergency C-section. And I just remember she like, they, you know, they got the baby and the baby starts just, you know, wailing as they do. And this woman has started, I mean, bawling and like, and I don't have kids, so I don't get it, but I started crying too. It was like the coolest, most beautiful thing I'd ever yeah. seen. And I called my husband to tell him and he was like, this is disgusting. And I was like, we're not talking about work anymore. <laughs> yeah. We're no longer talking about babies. No yeah. longer talking about that anymore. So I am lucky in that I can call my mom and tell her that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is also a release. Um, but I mean, a lot of the stuff you can't, you know, not everybody's going to get. Right. You right. need and your medical yeah. buddies. <laughs> you need your medical buddies. You need your like, I hate the word tribe. I almost said tribe. I hate that word. You need your own community that get it. Yeah. I'm, you yeah. need, yeah, they are so important. Like there's some days where I'm like, I do not want to go to work. Like I already know yeah. it's going to be terrible, mm-hmm. but I go because of like the people I work with. Cause they are yeah. so great and mm-hmm. we can dark humor our way through the day. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. So that's something I want to bring up. Cause I remember years ago, this is a random thing to remember, but when Hillary Clinton was running for president, they were doing a smear campaign where they were like, she laughed about abortion once. And I was like, listen, anyone in life who deals with effed up shit uh, laughs about it. Like, trust. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't find the humor in someone being like, I'm literally going to go home and hang myself. Like, I can't do my job. I just can't. No, you would drown. Right. You can't sit in the gravity forever. Like you have to be able to be like, yeah, that's, that's really effed up. Yeah. I mean, and we all realize that these things are terrible. Like we're not looking at them. It's almost like our own therapy so that we, we can get through it. I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, especially for you, like hearing all of people's burdens and crises and you know, all those things, you would drown. Yeah. You would like be so depressed and just weighed down. Like, I just feel like it would be so heavy on you if you right. couldn't, you know. And it would be. Like, people who don't have, this is something we can jump into. So, like, what about boundaries? How have you, because I can imagine, like, being the last person someone sees when they have no family is a very different burden than when the family's with them and you can call them in. Yeah. And so, how do you 
not take that home and set a boundary with that? What does that look like? Oh my gosh. Sometimes it looks like me crying on the way home. Like, yeah, yeah, it, I don't know. I come home and I grab a glass of wine sometimes and I'll tell Andrew, like, I'll be like, I cannot believe what I just witnessed. Like, I specifically remember we had this patient come in and he was in his nineties and like, it makes me want to cry just thinking about it. But like, he was so sweet and he was like the coolest man and he was having an emergency. You know, we got him through it. And prior to him going to sleep, he was like, I have to make it home. My wife is sick. My best friend, who's my 13 year old cat is sick and I have to take care of him. Right. Thank you. And I know. And he was literally just like, I have to make it home because he's my best friend in the whole world. And I was just like, I honestly, I had to step away because I was going to start yeah, crying. Like, like, I'm going to die right now. Like, I yeah, can't. he wasn't crying. but I, And I was like, I can't cry in front of him. Shoot. You know, don't be that person. Yeah. But I was just like so heartbroken that like he was having a medical emergency and he was yeah. more concerned about his sick cat and like his wife at home. Yeah. So I remember on the way home, I definitely like played my favorite music, like cried a little bit and was like, oh, I read like I really hoped that like he made it home because like, I don't know. Did he go home? Oh, I don't know. Damn it. That's the problem with healthcare too, is a lot of times I don't hear the end of people's stories. I don't know. How do you deal with that? Well, this guy, obviously, I'm still harboring it. Like, (laughs) I know people you wonder about forever, though. You just do. Oh, yeah. You do. You, when I was a floor nurse, I definitely created like these bonds because you worked with these same people for a few Mm -hmm. days. Yeah. And I mean, they're sick and they need you, and you are the person that they're looking to for answers Mm -hmm. because every other part of like the healthcare team is in and out and you as the nurse are their only consistent face. Mm -hmm. And so they really confide in you and you really do create a special bond. And some of those times it would just kill me because they would leave and I would never know. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I did find out, like sometimes they would, you know, uh, come back to the hospital and you'd hear about their stories or whatnot, or you'd Mm -hmm. fortunately see an obituary or so sometimes you do know, but a lot of the times you don't. And right now being where I am, because it's procedural and it's, I mean, it's in and out. It's in and out. Yeah. I don't know oh, yeah. a lot of stories. And luckily, That's like, crazy. I know when I go to work, I'm going to see new stories <laughs> to maybe replace yeah. those stories where I still wonder. I mean, there's so many that I'm like, you know, that person was so nice. Like, I wonder what happened. Like, just mm-hmm. talking about this, I'm like thinking of people that I'm like, yeah, I wonder what happened. I wish I knew. Like, some people are so nice that you want to take them home with you and care for them forever. Yeah. Others, you're like, bye. <laughs> I don't want to deal with you ever again. Yeah. I don't ever want to see Luckily you. Luckily with my own business, I don't have that problem. I, I want to deal with all of my clients. Yeah. That's why I take them on. But sometimes if I get a consult on the phone, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not for you. Like, I can't. This isn't going to work. Yeah. yeah I, I am not the person for you. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm for a very specific type of person. And there's like, it, oh, no. Like, I, just, I can't do it for some people. Yeah, Do you think you'll yeah. stay in the hospital? Like what's the, um, Man. what drew you to hospital work and to nursing in general? Why nursing? I, truly, this is going to sound silly. Cause I feel like some people are like born and they're like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a nurse. <laughs> you know, I went through like the whole gamma of like, I want to be an opera singer and I want to be a teacher. And you sing? You know, just, hell no, I can't sing, but I was, oh, I was like, I've never heard you sing in my life. There's a reason, <laughs> but you can dream, you, you know, dream. there's so many things I wanted to do. And then I specifically remember being in the car with my mom 
And I was like, just about to graduate high school. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you yeah. know, when you're in high school, you're about to go to college. You're like, you kind of have to start figuring that out. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, well, you know, you could be a nurse. Cause no one in my family is medical. Yeah. Like no one. So yeah. And so mom was like, I think you should be a nurse. And I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. Like I really yeah. am into science and mm-hmm. um, I think I'm a people person. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then, <laughs> you know, it just kind of spiraled from there. And if you had asked me like sitting in that car, if I had wanted to be a nurse practitioner, I probably would have laughed. Even like <laughs> two years ago, I probably would have yeah. laughed. <laughs> That's what you're doing now, right? So you have your BSN and you're working towards your nurse practitioner. Yes. Yeah. What's the difference? Um, so I will literally be your provider. So when you go to see your doctor, um, you can see me and we'll do the same thing. I have to work underneath a doctor. So I have Mm. to get, um, it's pretty much where like a doctor there's at least in the state of Florida, there's, um, like narcotics and certain drugs that I can't prescribe. So then obviously the provider I'm working under would do that for me. Um, and they do a lot of like chart audits just to make sure that you're like, you know, hitting your points. Um, but I would be your, if you have a cold, I will give you something. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you it's can basically do almost anything that a doctor can do. Yeah, pretty much. Can you have your own practice? But you would have to work under. Hmm. Yeah, you can have a satellite physician. Um, my brother's mom actually does that. She has her own clinic here. Um, and she just has a physician that like does her auditing and she can rely nice. on for certain things. But you can. Is that what you want to do or what do you want to do? Girl, I don't know. (laughs) When I was in nursing school, I thought I was going to work in the ICU. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I graduated and I did not go that way. And I'm actually really happy I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't want to like limit myself to anything. I definitely am going to do some of my clinical hours in rotation with her just to kind of, you know, get a feeler for it. Um, I want to do some hours with cardiology and like, I think I'll probably do some hours with GI as well. Um, but you never know, you know, like that's the beautiful thing about healthcare is you can pretty much do whatever you want. Mm, like, true. like, honestly, there's so many, you can be a school nurse. You can sit at a desk and have a desk job. You can yeah. go out in the field and be a medic. Like, there's so many things you can do. And that's what I really, really do love about it is I'm never just settling on one thing. Yeah. So I talked to like my mom, for example, worked one job for 30 years and that makes me want to die. I can do anything. I literally would want to die. So like for someone who says, I don't really know what I want, but I want to be in this field, like nursing would be a great opportunity because you can, you can switch jobs. You, there's, I mean, there's just so many possibilities. Oh, and you can go travel. You can have someone else pay for yes. you to travel. Yes. Like that's Sounds honestly like that. why I got into it too. I thought I was going to go travel and like go see the world and never did that. And that's okay. But <laughs> you can do it later. Yeah. It's still on the table. There's still time. Yeah. So what would you say? You oh, can go ahead. Practice. Well, even as a nurse practitioner, you can still practice as a nurse. You don't have to get rid of your nursing license. So that's nice. another so you could do it like part-time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to someone who's considering nursing? Um, I'd probably joke and say run, but don't run. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say do it, man. 
if you're gonna do it though like commit and do it don't like say you're gonna do it and then like I have a friend who literally went through all of nursing school passed he went and took his test and failed it and he now it's been like a year and he's not a nurse. He's not even like in the healthcare field. He's doing something else. Right. But I'm like, you literally just worked so hard. Right. One failure is not, I failed the NCLEX the first time I took it. Right. Oh my God. And I cried for like two days, like legitimate tears rolling down my face. Cause yeah. at that point, that's all I wanted in life was to be a nurse yeah. and like my own career. And, but I went back and I took it and I took in under an hour and like the least amount of questions, you know, you just, do it and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Like, yes, there's a lot of money in it, but make sure you're doing it for these people that need you. Because you're going to also work with people that you don't like. Oh no. And aren't nice to you. And like, if you're only in it, if you're only in it for the money, you're going to hate that part of it. Yes. Oh yeah. You definitely, I always say like, before you do anything, you can almost like shadow almost any field. Like, oh, yeah, literally any field. Just email yeah. someone. Call Just them go, go see if you can like even volunteer at the hospital for a little bit. I did that when I was in high school. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just make sure it's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> be- yeah. I think a lot of people, so I have a lot of um, young people who say they get paralyzed by, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do. And so I have to figure that out first before I can do anything. And that's really problematic for me because I'm like, why? Why? Like, I understand not going and, you know, specifying a major and spending all of this money. Like, that's a separate conversation. But if they're just like, well, I have to know what I want to do before I go to college. And it's like, you probably have a year to figure that out anyway. And take that year to figure it out. Like if you yeah. try something and if it sucks, do something else. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for anything, there's so many prerequisites. So you do have all that time. For yeah. nursing. Yeah, for sure. But most yeah. colleges, you have to spend a year and a half doing your prereqs exactly before you can yeah. really get into a major. Yeah. I mean, you just have to be willing to put in the work. Like even if you go to college and you don't know, put in the work shadowing other people. Like, honestly, at this day and age, you can probably just go on YouTube and like, yes. you know, do an inside view of certain things. So true. You know, Thank like you watch a few blogs or vlogs, just kind of. Blogs, vlogs. Blog vlogs. Yeah. Blogs. Them. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I like the turn that we have taken. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with like not knowing what they want to do. And I was never that person. So I'm just like, this is not that hard. Just pivot if you hate it. But like, sometimes that's not what they want to hear. But I'm like, that's oh yeah, no. <laughs> I still have friends that don't know what they want, and we're all late into our twenties, and they like do something. Yeah, do something. Just try also, it. Right, try it. If you hate it, do something else. But I think a lot of rhetoric too in the U.S. is like, you are your job. Like when when we first meet someone, what's one of the first questions we ask? What do you what do? You do? Yeah. Right, and that tells us so. I'm going to put that in quotes, tells us so much about a person, but we really make jobs and identity. And I think a lot of other countries are just like, it's just my job. Like I'm more than the work that I do. Yeah. I think I like that you say that. Cause like, so back to like the nursing and like the pandemic when, you know, you just hear it from other people. (laughs) A lot of people are like, 
well, you signed up for this. You knew what you were getting into. And I would get so frustrated with those people because I'm like, no, you did not sign up for a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I did not sign up for like these crazy working conditions. Right. No, I just, oh, I'm so happy you said that. Cause that just drives me crazy. I'm like, yeah, yes, I knew that I was getting into nursing and like, it's crazy. Like one day I could be watching someone born and then hold a dying person's hand. Like it literally is both That's sides. That's expected. Of- right. But like- it is not expected for me to be the last person that this dying man sees. Right. It is like, right. you know, cause we can't bring their family in. Right. Like it's. I just hated that. And I was like, yeah, that's super. That's true. Don't say that to your nursing friends, people like, no, no you did not trigger for that. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't we will bunch you. I will hunt you down and bunch you in the face. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. It'll be like you signed up for it. Yeah. Like, Gross. no, no. And like, you know, and in the beginning when we didn't know anything, it was like, it was scary. Cause you would go, and people were scared because they were bringing this back home to their families. And then you had outside people saying, well, you know, you signed up for this. You knew what you were doing when you started a family. And it's like, oh my God, my job is not my family. My family is my family. Right. And as a person, it's my job to protect my family. Right. Yes. I love what I do. And I mean, for me, like I am a nurse, it is who I am, but like me first. Right, 100%. Like, oh, you signed up to bring a deadly virus home to your family. Sure didn't. (laughs) I wasn't on the application. I was not on the application to the hospital, so I literally did not. Yeah, yeah. So frustrating. It's crazy. Yeah. That's just, if you're someone, like, if someone's listening and you're someone who said that to someone, like, please jump off a cliff. Apologize. (laughs) Apologize and then jump off a cliff, or I will hunt you in the face. Yeah. I, I tell people that at my job all the time, like this is not the end all be all. And I hate that, especially at the hospital. It's like, and I don't know other, you know, businesses, but like at the hospital, it's like expected Mm -hmm. that this is your life and you commit people. Like I literally have to click a box when I'm discharging somebody that says, I have asked this patient, have they've had a like wonderful time. And if there's anything I can do to make their care exemplary, exemplary or whatever. Exemplary. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to click this box. Okay. I'm not a Marriott staff. <laughs> right. like, I like I, I get customer service, but like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I can't discharge you until I click that box. And I'm like, That's wild. Yeah. I have no problem like making your stay at the hospital. Cause it sucks being at the hospital. Like nobody right. wants to be there and get it. I will make it as easy as possible, but like, I'm not pouring my whole being into like making it right. exceptional for you. Right. Are you leaving yeah. here better than you came in? That's we that's hope. <laughs> we hope so. Yeah. Right, I right. take that stance with clients a lot. So something I say to clients that I always wonder, cause sometimes they don't, well, they've never told me, but sometimes I wonder if it lands really wrong. So, and I'll just say, like, I don't care what you do outside of here. Like, I literally don't care if I'm like helping you and I'm like, here's options. You choose what feels best for you. Like I do a lot of like, do what feels best for you. And how do we figure that out? And you're really the author of your own life and the captain of the ship and all these things. But I'm like, if you don't want it, like (laughs) probably in every session, I'm like, if you don't want to do it, don't, I don't care what you do because my life is fine. 
I do what I teach 90% of the time. So it's good. But I was like, if you don't want to do these things and you're miserable because of it, that's literally not my problem. Like, I don't care what you do outside of here. I hope that you live your best life and change and, and do these things, do the hard work so that you're happy. But I'm like, I don't actually care. I don't think you can care. Could you imagine? That's like, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not responsible for, I'm not even responsible for what people do at my farm. I'm just like, if you want to do the work, great. And if you don't like jump in the fire that I have going, like, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I can't do anything for you. I can just support you. I tell them all the time. I'm like, I don't care. I I mean, I do care. I want them to be happy. Yeah. It's like like, humor where I feel like it comes off. Worse yeah, and I really wonder if people are like, wow, you're the worst counselor in I've ever heard of in my life. How dare you? But it's like a very fine line. And I'm sure you've experienced this, this like, I care about your well-being and I want nothing more than for you to oh, be yeah. happy and healthy and thriving, but there's nothing I can do about it. Nothing. Yeah. You have and to so, put in the work. Like, Right. And so I don't care. Put in the work or don't. Like, I'll help you regardless for a certain amount of time. If you're doing nothing, I'm like, you're fired. Like I can't, yeah. well, I can't if you're water, like what's the point? Right. I'm not just going to take your money. Um, but it's the same with like yeah. people at the hospital. Like you still have to do what the, the nurse is prescribing yeah. and yeah. you know, and they tell like, you to take the whole bottle of antibiotics, take the whole bottle, take the whole bottle. It doesn't, <laughs> but, well, why do people do that? Can you explain why that's important? Um, that they need to take the whole bottle or yes. that they don't. Okay. Maybe people don't know. Okay. So this is a good learning point. So antibiotics work as like a series, like you need every single pill that they give you to eradicate what's going on in your, you know, whatever bacteria you've got going on in your gut. So a lot of people will take like the first five of amoxicillin and they're like, I feel so much better. This is great. I'm going to save these other five for the next time I feel sick. But what you're doing is you're creating these super bugs that we're then have to, we have to create more antibiotics for And that's not easy. Like these drugs have to go through rigorous trial and error to even make it to like the pharmacy. I think I just read something and it was like, I can't, don't quote me, but it was either 4% or 14% of drugs that actually make it to the counter, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Yeah. So don't save that extra five pills just because you feel better. Like if you take the extra five pills, you're going to completely knock out whatever bug it was that was in your system. And you chances are you're not going to get the same one. Or if you do, mm-hmm. your body might know how to fend it off better. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you kind of run into like the ethical issues of like, well, people want to save them because they can't pay their co-pays or they can't afford this antibiotic again, which is understandable. And then you run into, but just finish the bottle, please. Finish the bottle and then hopefully it won't come back because you will have completed the whole protocol. Right. Yeah. And for people that struggle to afford co-pays, there are many, many pharmacies Mm -hmm. who do programs where they will help you. So literally ask your pharmacist. Yes. Yes. Ask the pharmacist, ask your provider. Like they, if they don't have something that can help you, they have coupons. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of dispensaries that actually dispense for like a fraction of the cost, if not free. Like I know there's certain antibiotics you can get for free at Publix. And then there's certain um, blood pressure medications you can get free at Walmart. Like have an open conversation in case that is your issue. Tell your provider you can't afford it. Right. Yeah. 
there's no shame in it. It is what it is. Medicine's expensive. It's crazy. The inflation that we have, like, we I'm glad you specifically said inflation. Yes. Because that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right. It's not, when you can look at a chart of like insulin, what it is here in the mm. States versus what it is like in Europe. And it's, it's crazy. crazy. And it's exactly the same thing. It's just marked up a thousand yeah. percent because it's just all greed. The U.S. are greedy monsters and we hate them. Yeah. We dislike. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Take yeah. All <laughs> We're probably, the reason I don't like Zoom is it doesn't, when I use Skype, it tells me how long the interview is oh, um, yeah. on Zoom. It doesn't, but we're probably nearing an hour. Oh my gosh. Really? I know you've done so well. Uh, you're killing it. Well, um, what else do you want to hit on? Nursing, self-care, existing in a pandemic? Um, I So this is actually, I had to correct my um, father-in-law on this yesterday because mm. another thing that drives me crazy <laughs> is when people mix medicine and politics. Um, I hate okay. that. That's why we have an inflation problem. Um, True. the pandemic's not fake. It's very real. You can think that it's fake and that's fine, but it's not going to hurt you to wear a mask or just not go out. Like, True. you know, um, I wish politics would be taken out of medicine. So, mm. oh, like every being in my fiber, like I hate when right. I can't even remember what he said last night, but I was like, mm, no, sir. <laughs> like, Actually, no. Yeah. It was something about like, somebody's going to change something or like healthcare is going to be free or something about right. Dr. Fauci, maybe even, I don't know. I just remember I was like, Dr. Fauci is a saint. <laughs> How dare you, sir. Um, but yeah, I wish that the two people would not put the two together, which I'm sure people feel a lot with politics. Like it should just be politics, not politics and not politics. I mean, and. but politics affects life. Like everything is political. It does, which is sad. It's yeah. just like, at least Politics with the pandemic, like, I wish that we could have handled it so differently. And I feel like we'd have, we'd be in a different place right now. Yes. You know? I think it's a very American thing to cry about your rights being taken away for wearing a mask, but then they absolutely want to take away a woman's ability to have birth mm. control or abortions or healthcare yeah. and, and, in life. And all we're saying is wear a mask. Right. Or like, it's totally fine to sterilize women at the border, but wearing a mask is a violation of your rights. Like, please yeah, go off they're... all the way with that. Like just all the way off. Have all the seats actually. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. It's like, I don't know. There's so many ways we could have. Yeah. Obviously maybe not like eradicated it at this point, but just like handled it. Maybe be less. Yeah. Although I think it's really interesting the difference between a state that's pretty open versus like a state like North Carolina. I'm sure there's other factors, obviously. Yeah. Everything is intersectional, but it's interesting like the, the death rates you're seeing and the hospital flow that you're seeing. Because for example, our local hospital, they're flying people out of state because all of our hospitals are so full. Like elective surgeries are not happening. They're shutting down the ER at like 10 a.m. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so, so, so full versus a hospital like you work in that is serves exponentially more people than our hospital. And it's like, 
just now full, like almost a year in, but yeah. we've been that way for months. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like the acuity of the hospitals there, like how sick I have. Oh, Amazon. Okay. Like what is happening? What? Like they're little like drones? No, we literally are on um, the flight path for Amazon into Lakeland Linder. I forgot Amazon built uh, plants out there. It, yeah. Sorry. I'm outside. It's just so nice down here. <laughs> yeah. Right now outside, I think it's like 50. Yeah, Which no, it's like beautiful here. Um, uh, what were we talking about? I got the plane. Ugh, crap. Here's <laughs> the thing. My brain is a bag of cats 90% of the time. <laughs> so we were talking about. Oh, the acuity of the hospital. You don't know you. what level of acuity like your hospitals are serving. Not to say that like. Ours what does acuity mean? Um, Like how sick your patients are. Thank you. I think it's on a tier system. It's like one, two, three, four, maybe. No. Something. We go on different levels because um, I know you're in like a more rural area. We're also like, the only hospital, I think, in the county. Yeah. So yeah. it's very like, I didn't, that's crazy that they're flying people out, which like, but it makes sense though. Like it yeah. is so, it's getting a little crazy. Like I'm honestly yeah. just kind of waiting for the next shutdown. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like it might happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what the new administration is going to do with restrictions. Yeah. 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 I know, like, for me, I'd be fine if we did a shutdown again, but I'm also a nurse and I have a job, so I get it. Like, I understand. Right, I'm also a nurse and I'm like, please quit getting sick. (laughs) Please stop going places. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Like, I want to travel to you guys. Yeah, my, I couldn't take a honeymoon because of it, you know? Yeah. It sucks. It does. So what do you want to leave our people with? They've listened this far and they're like, oh my God, Aliana is so cool. We love her. She has a lot to say. Um. (laughs) It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, We'll do multiple interviews. I just should do interviews where I just like bullshit with people and just call it like the bullshit podcast. People probably love that. I love listening to podcasts that are just like two people talking about like who knows what. So fun. We should do that. Like a... Just some kind of like separate series where we just talk about cool things. Anyway, yeah. what, what do you yes. want to leave our people with? If you were like um, one thing. One thing is, is probably through all of this, take care of yourself first. Because if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of anybody else. It's the oxygen mask on the plane. Like put yours on first before you help others. Preach, girl. Yeah. I really, I live by that. Like if I'm at work and I'm so hungry, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm like, I'm going to have peanut butter. I can't, you know, like almond butter though. Like, well, peanut butter is, uh, I always joke like peanut butter and graham crackers are a nurse's favorite snack because that's all they put in like the jars (laughs) that are free. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny because David was just talking about that last night and I never even heard of it. Oh my God. That's like the only thing you can get at the hospital. Like that's what we keep in our, um, nourishment huh. rooms. So I just always joke that like, you know, if you're too busy <laughs> and like, you can't take an actual lunch break, you just yeah. like spoon the peanut butter down your gullet. Peanut butter and graham crackers. That's funny. Yeah. All right, dude. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, for everyone listening, if you have questions or you agree or disagree with anything we've said, like talk to me. If you're a conspiracy theorist, don't talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm literally going to block you and shut your shit down. Like I'm not doing it. But if you have other valid opinions, come at me. 
Yay! Yeah. Yay! I love it. Y'all, I told you she was dope. So you're welcome for that. Again, if you need any support, get at me via Instagram at Amanda underscore chills or through the website livemyhappyhealth.com where just a reminder, we've got three steps to build healthy, sustainable habits. All right, y'all go enjoy your day and like kick some ass. Love you. Bye.